Welcome to the Stories We Don't Tell podcast, a podcast about storytelling. Well, that's it then. A bad review. My first real professional job, like a grown-up job in charge of staff and hiring and policy and procedures. Doesn't matter. I finished that contract today and never have to see any of these people again. Walking home, I'm feeling the weight of a shitty day. Even though it's April, springtime, which is extremely exciting after a long Winnipeg winter, everything looks drab. The rot of fall still shows and nothing is green yet. I walk past the bridal shop I see on a daily basis, but I'm struck by a new feature, a sign that reads 80% off. There's got to be something in here that I can add to my tickle trunk. My obsession with costumes and strange things to wear momentarily pulls me out of my funk enough to let me walk inside. And there it is. Out of the drab that surrounds me is the mint green dress. The outdoors are covered in spring slush and dirt, while the store is unrealistically clean. No color white and cream, except for this. It's perfect. Empire waist spaghetti strap layers upon layers of organza. It's in my size and it's $20. Final sale and I'm not even trying it on, convinced I've met the sartorial equivalent love of my life. At home in my room, I take the dress out to try on. I remove the crinkling tissue paper, keeping it safe and hold it up. It's organza cascading downward with gravity. It feels smooth, kind of cool to the touch, air on either side of each of the five sheer layers of fabric as I run my hands up and down between the layers. The fabric moves almost like a ball of mercury, oozing from one state or moment to another, incapable of holding still. Drawn increasingly to the texture, I rub the layers together and it emits this quiet, rough grain sound. Whoosh, 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 whoosh. And it has a scent. Nylony, kind of plasticky, smells a bit chemically. Like it's been transformed from one thing into another, but the kind of scent that never washes away because it is integral to the very thing that makes it what it is. No matter, the scent implies its sturdiness and drive to exist in a way that means it can never break down or be overtaken. This dress is a survivor. It feels like a superhero. I feel like a superhero in this thing. Mermaid superhero power. That night, my roommates and I have a party. It's end of term and we've all been through a lot, just as any undergrad at the end of the year will tell you. Our friends show ready for a good time, but I'm not feeling particularly jovial. After spending much of the evening hiding in the kitchen, one of my roommates approaches and asks if there's any way that I can become fun to shake this mood. The mint green dress, I think, and say I'll be right back. Inside my room, I hear the party sounds from below. It's all muffled yet loud voices. So many talking all at once, it seems impossible that anyone could actually hear each other. And laughter and music. I have to try. My roommates deserve this. I deserve this. What a day, what a week. Ugh, this term, the whole damn year. And there it is. The mint green dress hung on the back of my closet door, still soft and refreshing to feel, refusing to be confined in the way that cotton does and with its easy wrinkliness. The cool confidence of this dress marvels me. I slip into it, shake my short hair down from its bobby pins and head downstairs barefoot. The party somehow feels different. No longer a torrent of muffled, indistinguishable chatter, I can now make out the myriad of conversations and music, like a sudden windshield wipers turned on in a rainfall, 
and then you can finally see the road ahead of you once again. My roommate finds me and says, fuck that poor, poor review. You look amazing. I feel a smirk form out of the left corner of my mouth and say with guttural power, grab everyone and head outside. I'll be right back. With about 25 of our closest friends, parties in person, remember these? Cascading down the front steps and strewn about the yard, I walk past them carrying the 20 or 30 pages of the review in tow. Unbeknownst to them, also a book of matches. I finished a job contract today and I was told in these many pages that I sucked. I say as I walk past them toward the sidewalk. I throw the pile of papers on the concrete with a thwap. The breeze is cool on my shoulders as I look back at my friends, confused giggles from their mouths. I crumple the pages, the dry texture sounding loud and quiet at the same time, together forming a sort of puppy pile on a single sidewalk tile. Like a magician, I reveal the matchbook. Oh. And the crowd delights in performative oohs and ahs. Ooh. I playfully and slowly open it, taking out a single match. Ah and presenting it to the curiously rapturous. Lighting the match head and striker in one stroke, the flame burns bright, and to wide eyes I drop the lit match onto the crumpled pile of my poor, poor reviews. The flames unceremoniously burn quickly and fairly low, low fire, a matter of what feels like maybe 10 seconds. The crowd whoops and cheers anyhow, clapping and whistling as I dance with Woodstock-style abandon around the flames turning embers. A few friends descend from the porch and join in on the grass in front of me. Continuous sounds of joy fill our coven-like moment. I stop suddenly and with a gasp, so too do the others, staring at me and awaiting my next move. I pivot so that my body is perpendicular to the onlookers, lifting and placing my leg to now straddle the embers and slowing flame at the very center. I hike up the mint green dress and squat down in one fell swoop, revealing the side angle of my underrollist thighs and bum, bush hidden from view. Yet, my head turned to meet their gaze. I pee all over what is left of the poor, poor reviews. The cheers growing ever louder as I yell, Fuck you! And eliminate every trace of flame and ember. Um, yes, let's talk about the story. Uh, thank you for the story. I'm really happy that you wrote this. And I, uh, the one thing that I felt very strongly about, as because you sent it to us beforehand to to read, and as I was reading, I was enjoying it, and I was like, "This is really great." And I I was going along, but I just have to say that the end, like, was when you when you started the fire, I was like pretty satisfied but then the end just really just kind of sent it into another level it was great well i'm glad that uh catharsis was had mm -hmm. yeah yeah i i was i definitely thought the first ending was going to be the end uh i actually i, I wasn't expecting any of it to be honest i was sort of thinking you're going to wear the dress and then that was going to be like you're going to change out and that's me it and then and then then the burning happened and then Oh man, it was just the way it sort of layers and builds, you know, like, I guess that's maybe part of it is that you, because you start so strongly on the dress, it allows the ending to be a bit of a, not a twist per se, but a, a sort of a right turn. Surprise. You know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like it could, I really sort of did not expect that that to be where you're headed and sort of like, you sort of snuck it in there, I guess, in some way, because we were so focused on something else. You sort of had our attention in one direction and you're like, bam, at the ending. 
So then I feel like that actually was pretty true to what the experience was like for myself because I didn't have a plan going into what the evening was going to be. I was certainly, uh, in those days, I was a bit more of an erratic, less planned person. And this in particular would be <laughs> uh, illustrative of that. But yeah, I, um, I'm, I'm, I'm really glad. I'm glad that it was effective because, uh, yeah, I mean, like I said, I, I wasn't expecting it. I think that's what uh, part of it was, the, why it was so satisfying is that we're right there kind of with you. And I got the feeling like I could see you just going like, you know, you know, like just the thought process almost, you know what, this is great. The fire's really great. I'm really happy with this, but like, I would really be happy if I just <laughs> did one more thing and everything kind of really slipped into place. Cause you were also the, I, I loved the way that you brought the dress in. And then that kind of was the, uh, one of the things that allowed you to pee on the fire. <laughs> that's right. That's right. I mean, honestly, I wonder if one of the reasons I wrote this story right now is, is because of, I don't, I don't know if anybody's listeners have heard of this thing called a pandemic, but there's this thing happening. Um, some people are aware, some people aren't, whatever. Uh, but because we're doing all this hanging out outside now, it, sometimes you have to pee outside. And so you, you kind of have to think about depending on, uh, what sort of appendages you have, you have to think about, you'd be planful about the best way to pee outside. And so the dresses are actually incredibly helpful because um, they can shield things from view, but you can also effectively eliminate. So I feel like this is also the PSA portion of the podcast. So listeners- PSA, excellent. A PSA, excellent. Ah! Oh. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's a real selling point to hang out. It, like it's a, if you're like, hey, let's go hang out at this place there's a public washroom there. That's right. And if not, uh, bring a dress. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, one thing I was thinking about in terms of just uh, stories and endings in, in general is that, you know, I'm a big fan of it doesn't have to be a happy ending or you don't need to tie everything up at the end and so on. But, uh, you know, again, if the story warrants it and the ending is so great, it's like, it, it is amazing how, um, how effective and how, again, how satisfying um, just something like this could, the, the note is perfect at the end. I'm, I'm, I'm very glad. It was, a, it was a challenge to figure out just how much detail to add. Um, and yeah, so I'm glad that it, that it worked. Yeah, it does sort of feel like you, is it, is it, is it an interesting one about space, about, uh, time timing I guess you know in that like the the shortness I guess allows it to continue to have momentum um moving like as you as you as from the beginning sort of you get this review then you're having a party then this is happening this is happening and you're able to move pretty quickly because it's not a super long story I could see this actually being a more difficult thing to do if you try to expand it more fulsomely because then it might get like because the action sort of like the the, you don't even understand what the action is until it's almost already happened, right? Like there's like a thing happening and you sort of like, you don't know where the story is going until the very end. There's not like a, oh, this is like other story structures would be like, you understand the problem, you come, you come against the problem and then you do things. Whereas this is more like, you don't even know what, where you're headed until it's over. And then you're, then you're just, and then, and then you just, you know, you, just, you know, then you're, you know, metaphorically right. off stage. 
That didn't that didn't make it confusing though or frustrating? No. Like I was worried. No, okay. so I don't think it was long. I, I think it might have become confusing, frustrating if it was longer, right? Like if right, you had right, dwelled okay. longer in some of these other moments, then I think you might have been weird, right? Like if you had, if you had like created a whole subplot about you know your friend who has the best line. Honestly, like every time I love the line, can, "What couldn't you do be more fun?" Like this like, <laughs> is like, or, or just to be fun. Sorry, it's yeah. Even, more fun implies some fun. But like what right. can you do to be fun is a. Oh, it was to become fun. fun. Become fun, right? Yes. Yeah. Which is, yeah. It's a, it's a great words. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I just was going to say that that was part of the fun of it, though, is that almost the whole story is almost a misdirection. Because yeah. not like it's a, you could have written a story maybe, listen, I don't know if you had other experiences, but like, could have been a story about three different times that you. All the places I peed in public. Yeah. But it was like oh. about the dress. And it was sort of the dress was built yeah. in uh, to the story from the beginning. And then it kind of combines with this experience at the end. And, um, you know, you just kind of go, it, it wasn't like jarring at all. You just kind of go, well, yeah, this is, this, this, this is what's going to happen right now. This is, this is what makes sense at this point in time. I'm, I'm glad that that was effective. I, I had pieces, uh, like I had other paragraphs and things that I ended up taking out because they, I did think veered off too much. And, um, and so it's also a lesson in, in editing. Um, and especially, I mean, Stefan, as you said, like we purposely were writing shorter versions of stories. And so, so that's just it. Like, because it was, it's, as you're going through it, it's hard to know where the story's gonna end up going. But yeah, anyway, uh, in, a, in a recent episode, we talked about the differences between having a story that's just for, say, the podcast or telling them in front of an audience. and the hard part for me with this one was there were so many times where I could envision mm. where I wanted audience feedback. And, and especially also because I obviously would have done all the physical actions mm. that are being described. Like not necessarily like, like I, I don't have the dress anymore, which is very unfortunate, but imagine if I fucking did anyway. Um, but you know, I would, I would, I would keep my pants on. I was going to say, metaphorically, but no, I mean, literally. Um, and I, but I would do the actions in front of the audience. And I think that's the kind of thing that I, as I was writing it and telling it, I felt a little sad about because it's, it's like a missed opportunity. And, and to get that feedback too, right? Like I, I exactly. do think it's harder in some ways to tell a story like this without that kind of feedback. Yeah. You know, cause, cause it, it does have a run to it and you're sort of like, all right, next. And then, and then cause the audience being surprised in the same way that you're, that, that, that your current previous audience being surprised, like that adds that level that sort of makes the whole thing, I think, right. um, come together in a way that's much more difficult when you're just right. sort of sitting in front of a computer. Well, and it's a, it's, it's great because you, I feel like this story, it could, it, it can um, work in both places. And it's, it would take a matter of like in the current version, you're, you wrote it with, it being on the podcast so all the things that you're writing it more in a visual way but i can totally see you adjusting this if you were to do it in front of an audience where it's almost like there would be a lot of more kind of acting or action involved especially at the end i think it would be you know i can see you squatting all kinds of things yeah yeah uh i'm, I'm picturing that i'm also picturing like audience participation moments like there's you know with the oohs and the ahs like there's ways that 
you know, you don't want to plant it, but like there's those, there's these missed opportunities in my mind that I'm actually, as I was telling the story, I was imagining all these things and, but also trying to imagine them so that it could maybe be evoked in my voice. Um, like this was, you know, for instance, one story where I was purposely trying to smile as much as possible because you end up hearing it well, even it, if you can't see it. So Yeah. And a, another kind of interesting uh, element to all of this is that I'm really glad that you wrote the story and we're in, in this way and we we're able to include it in the podcast in this way, because I almost wonder if you did write this for a live event and we did record it and then we did want to use it on the podcast, would it be as effective as it is? Because you, we'd be hearing the recording, how much of that would translate, you know, on here, um, on a, just listening to it. I don't know. Right. I will say this though, if we ever do get to say things in front of people again, I would be really curious to try this one out and Mm -hmm. then to listen to both recordings and, and have it. That's a, I mean, this story, but also for other stories that we end up doing this potentially with, but to be able to actually listen, it becomes like a workshop then almost. And like what, what's effective for which medium or like what you end up having to include. I mean, we talked about this in a previous episode too. Paul, with your story about um, like what you end up including or not including based on whether or not it's for an in-person audience or whether or not it's just for audio podcast only. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's a potential homework for the future. Our future selves will think about these things. Yes. Look forward to that future selves. Thanks for listening to the podcast. Learn more about our book and subscribe to our monthly newsletter at storiesinhotel.org. And be sure to like our Facebook page for updates about upcoming events and other things that we're doing. This episode of the Stories and Tell podcast is brought to you by PSAs. PSAs, because sometimes fire needs to be put out. (laughs) 